Yo, what is up? You have found I Like the Blazers. I am your host, Brandon Goldner, and I'm stoked to have Blazers beat reporter Casey Holdall on the show. Casey, what's up, man? Not much, Brandon. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's the holidays. Like, I'm feeling pretty festive, even all things considered. Uh, just, yeah, we just got our Christmas tree, got some lights up. So, yeah, it's feeling kind of kind of festive right here. You know, with COVID and, and with all of the holidays kind of being scuttled, you know, you, you got to kind of lean in a little bit to to some of your traditions. And yeah, we're we're not typically big on decorating the house. We actually went a few years without even getting a tree, um, though we've we've kind of moved back in that direction. But yeah, we made a concerted effort to to like put up more stuff, get our tree earlier this year, because it's like, man, everything's such a bummer. Like, let's do whatever we can to kind of get into the spirit of the season. So, yeah. So, uh, so that's what we're doing over here in North Portland. That's what we did, too. It's like we've never gotten our tree this early, like ever. And Cassie has done a ton of Christmas shopping. I've done like a decent amount of mine where I'm usually putting off. But yeah, it's like wherever you can find comfort. Um, Well, speaking of COVID, something that's not super comfortable. I mean, you have been a reporter with the Blazers since 2007. And unlike a lot of people who cover the NBA, you're in the scrums, you're on the planes, you're in the hotels, you're at the practices. So like you're getting to see the interpersonal dynamics. Like when people talk about team culture and leadership, you know, you're one of the few people who can actually speak about that firsthand and how that kind of manifests itself and how that actually shows up with the team. And so considering that, I was curious, like what are the biggest and most impactful ways that your job has changed since March and since COVID has hit? Well, I mean, you just kind of prefaced part of it. Uh, first off, proximity. Um, you know, whereas before I would spend a lot of time at the practice facility, uh, a lot of time at the arena, uh, a lot of time, you know, in the hotels on the road, at practices on the road. And, you know, all that stuff has basically gone away. Now, I think some of it's going to come back here in this upcoming season, you know, assuming that the best laid plans go the way that the NBA hopes. But, but you know, the, the biggest change has been that, like, you don't get the interpersonal interaction with the players and the coaches that you would typically get, you know, in the non-COVID times. And that really, you know, that, that really puts a, a cap on what you can accomplish in terms of, of your coverage. Um, you know, the way it works right now, I mean, everyone's trying their best. You know, the organization is doing everything they can to, to make guys available. But, you know, you, you basically, we get two or three players on Zoom. Uh, you interview those players with all the rest of the local media. Uh, you don't typically know who is going to be available that day. So you, it's hard to plan to, like, write a story or, or to even come up with a bunch of questions because it's like, I don't know who we're going to get to talk to today. So it makes it a little hard to 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 do kind of some of the pre-playing you would have done before. You also have to be much more kind of focused in terms of, of your job because you know you're only going to have, you know, maybe two questions to ask somebody. Um, so you really need to, to try to go in with a good idea of what you're going to accomplish and then go and execute it so that way you put yourself in a situation where you can, you can achieve the – the, the, the right at the end of the day. So, you know, that's kind of the biggest thing is just not having that ability to, to talk to players, talk to coaches, um, particularly in a more intimate setting. Like, I mean, I, the guys have been great. You know, I, I feel like the players and the coaches have been forthright. But, you know, when particularly for someone like myself, I would say probably someone like Jason, uh, you know, when you've when you've worked with the same group of guys for a long time, you build those relationships, you know, that you put a lot of time building 
you know, when those goes away, it, it, it does affect your coverage. And so someone from, from like myself who has been around for a long time and has both those relationships, you know, I, I don't get to necessarily utilize that the way I would have, you know, in, in regular seasons. And, you know, if you're someone who, who maybe, you know, covers a team but not necessarily on a day-to-day, that's probably not as big of an issue. But if you're someone who, who has been in the thick of it for, you know, over a decade now, and, and again, like a lot of these guys, I've known them their entire NBA careers at this point, you know, that, that makes it difficult to, to get close to reaching the level of coverage that you might have been at before COVID. Well, I would imagine that like some of what you end up writing about, like there may be interactions you have just kind of, you know, kind of casually and you might put pieces together from interactions you had in like weeks and months past. And those won't really manifest until you actually write about it later. And you're kind of missing that now. Um, I mean, are you going to get to be, are you going to be in arena when the preseason starts, which I think it's this Friday, isn't it? I mean, it's coming it up. Is this Friday. <laughs> you know, I, I've kind of taken a, a stance that until something happens in 2020, I don't assume that it is going to happen. Yeah. That's probably I mean, safe. The plan is to be in arena. Yes. So, um, and I don't know what the broader plan is, but um, I am test- I'm getting tested every day, uh, so I will be able to go to games in person and potentially travel with the team at some point in time this season. We'll see how that goes. But nice. um, so so in theory and in, in plan, yes, I will be there. The access will still be much different. Um, the, there won't be, I don't think, any interaction with with players and coaches. I think that'll still be via Zoom. Though they might do it like they did in the Orlando bubble, which is where you had the Zoom interviews, but you also had people off on the side asking questions in person. I hope that's the case because yeah. being able to actually look someone in the eye, and, and particularly with, there's a couple guys in the team where you know I have very good relationships with them, and, and they generally know kind of what I'm getting at when I ask them a question that, you might not be able to pick that up in person. So, yeah. um, so I'm hopeful that there will be that opportunity, but you know, Brandon, uh, to be perfectly honest, like this thing got thrown together so quickly that, you know, until things actually happen, like, I don't know that anyone is actually positive how things are going to shake out. They've got plans. They've got tears. Like again, they, they they've, they've thought about it a lot, but in, until, you know, the rubber meets the meets the road on Friday versus the Kings, you know, in a nationally televised game, by the way, too, uh, it's kind of hard to to figure what is going to happen. So uh, I'm hopeful I, that that's the plan, but we'll we'll see what happens come Friday. Well, I mean, obviously, and people are going to get the virus, and things are going to have to change at some point. It, how much we don't know yet, right? Um, I think everyone's doing their best. I mean, here's something too. Like with my work, um, there have been some changes because of COVID that and. Obviously, it is horrible in a million different ways, but there have been some changes that have come about by utilizing technology that maybe companies just didn't think about doing before. I'm just curious if there's anything about this environment we're working in now that maybe it forced some changes in how you get to do your work or approach your work that were not happening before, but now because of COVID, have I opened it up? Like, is there anything about this virtual environment? It's like, you know, we really needed this tool, and for whatever reason, like, we just didn't use it, now we're forced to use it. Like, anything has anything good come from this, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Well, for one, it doesn't really affect me all that much because I was already working from home when I wasn't on the road anyways. But I think as an organization, particularly the business side of the organization, we have found that uh, being in the office is maybe not as important as we thought it was. And I mean, I think eventually we're going to get back to that. But I I do think there was a realization that, 
hey, some of this stuff that, that we do in the office, we could probably just take care of in other ways, and it would probably be more efficient. And it gives people flexibility that, that I think they do appreciate. And, and I agree. It's not like we want to be in the situation, but there are some things you can take from it. The other thing, though, just from, from a fan's perspective is, you know, while it might be more difficult at times to, to conduct those interviews over Zoom, particularly a group interview over Zoom, you know, you do have that archived and you can make that available to, to fans. We have streamed quite a few of them as well on Trailblazers.com, on Facebook, on, on Twitter. And, you know, that that provides fans an opportunity basically in real time to hear what the players are talking about. And that's something that we were doing yeah. way back when, when we tried uh, Trailblazers.tv, which, you know, so for me, it's like seeing these Zoom interviews. It's almost like, man, this is like 10 years ago when, you know, we were trying to do live video before anyone was trying to do live video. We really, by the way, you know, we, we were just a little bit too early on that one. Shout out to Dan Harbison. If we had, uh, if we had been a few years later, we, we'd have been set up just right. But, uh, we hit that, we hit that streaming thing a little too soon and it, uh, it, it overwhelmed us. So, so that, I mean, that has been one positive though, is that, you know, and it, it also has opened up access a little bit as well. Um, it's not as good of access as those of us who are used to it are accustomed to. But if you're someone who, you know, has a has a nine to five job and maybe can't get to games as often as you would like, can't go to practices as often as you would like, you know, the ability to log on on Zoom and be a part of those those media sessions when you would have maybe not been able to do that prior. I mean, that, that's a good thing, obviously. So um, I, I think it does kind of open up the, the least opportunity for more voices to kind of uh, be involved in it, though we already have a lot of people coming to Trailblazers anyways, probably more than any other team, at least in terms of maybe not, you know, full time, but at least in terms of like people being interested and, and wanting to to kind of produce content, we we're, we got to be up there with top five or six in the league because Blazer fans actually care a lot more than anybody else or every other team. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that that democratization, I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, there had been I, I just like there's going to be things that even after we're done with COVID again, they've been stress tested. Now we're probably going to keep doing them moving forward. Uh, kind of going back to that, the sense that you get as a reporter and the feel you have of the team, you know, they've made some pretty big additions this year with Robert Covington, Derek Jones, Jr. You know, they re-signed Carmel Anthony. Rodney Hood is going to be healthy to start the season. So is Nurkic. Zach Collins will be back at some point, probably shortly after the new year. So this Blazers team is going to be better. Um, and I'm just curious, kind of with your access to the team, you've gotten an, a, a sense of the ebb and the flow, maybe not, of the team's confidence because this team's always been pretty confident under Damian Lillard, but the ebb and flow of expectations that this team has for itself. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, kind of the end of the LaMarcus Batum, Matthews Lopez era fans like me, we could feel that that team had a shot at the title. And, you know, we got that sense because they were playing the games and they were winning. Right. And you could start to see that confidence build. Um, but, you know, I wonder if maybe someone like in your position maybe got a sense that that team knew earlier than other folks before they started winning so many games and found themselves at the top of the NBA, that that team kind of knew that they had something there. And I know it's still like really early in this season and things are weird because of COVID. But I'm just curious, do you get any sense at all with, you know, who's healthy and the additions that they've made that does this team have high expectations for itself? Uh, and do you think this team kind of, do they feel like they have the right combination of players to make something happen this year? Is that something that you're getting a sense of at all? Please say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, 
I hate I no, I don't be and I'll tell you why. That's fair. No. And it's yeah. not because it's not because I don't it's not because I think they don't think they're they're good. I do think that they believe that. It's because of what happened last season. You know, they they so two seasons ago they go to the Western Conference Finals, they get swept by the Golden State Warriors, but they're they're lacking Yusuf Nurkic. So they feel like the season next so last season they're like, We're coming into this thing, it's Western Conference Finals or bust. We're gonna go out there and and we have quality and we're good and we've shown it. We're not that little upstart team anymore. We're going to go out there and and show our our worth. And it didn't work out. Uh, obviously, everyone knows season last year between injuries and just some of the moves they made just did not work out very well. Had to fight and scrape even to get to the playoffs. Um, and so I think they're a little gun shy from that situation. You know, the the team had generally been one that was like, let's downplay our expectations. Let's let's kind of let's not be boastful. Let's just say, hey. We're, we're a good team. We believe in ourselves. We're going to go out there and show it on the court. Last year, it was a little bit different. It, again, it was more like, well, maybe we need to carry ourselves with like more of a, no, we're, we're a good team. And we're, we expect to, to be at the upper echelons of the West. And then when that didn't pan out, I think there's been a kind of recalibration now to where it's like, you know what? It's probably just better to go into these seasons feeling like, hey, we know we're good. We, ha- we have a good team. We're better than we were last season. We like where we're at. But let's not necessarily go out there and say it's Western Conference Finals or bust. It's even home court or bust. I think for the for the team, it's more like let's not be in the play-in, and then anything other than that, let's just see where the chips fall. So, I, and the other part of that too is, I mean, and you know, talking about the Zoom interviews, I, I think if people watch Damian when he was talking in Media Week about kind of where he felt like the team was at, you know. I feel like he was a bit muted in that because he's seen it before, you know, like he's come into seasons and been like, this team is good. Like yeah. we're, we can do it. We're, we're, we're there. We're just as good as any of these other teams that everyone else is saying is a lot better than us. And, you know, it hasn't always panned out. So I think for him, he's really at the kind of at the point where he's like, Hey man, if, we, if this is going to happen, like we got to go out and do it. This idea that like, well, we're being disrespected or people don't, don't aren't giving us the credit that we deserve. It's like, yeah, m- maybe, but also we barely made the playoffs last season. Also, we got swept as a three seed by the Pelicans. So, like, while they do have a belief in themselves, it's also colored a bit by the notion that, like, hey, but we've also felt that way before, and it didn't shake out the way we thought it was. So I think I think they're really more of, and particularly, you know, in a COVID season as well, it's really more of kind of a wait and see approach to how things go. And again, like There's I so know much that uncertainty. Really like, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like so to so to come out and be like, you know, we're going to be this team when we already got one guy who's out with COVID and Nurk has had some family issues and he's and he's only recently just gotten back. And, you know, we did just change over a lot of our roster from a season where we changed over a lot of the roster already. And, you know, we are relying on some young guys to really take a next step. And, we're just assuming that guys like Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr. are just going to easily kind of fold into our situation in a season where you have a training camp that's going to be like a week and a half. So yeah. you can see where they're coming from. I, again, I don't, I don't think it's got anything to do with like a, a lack of confidence or talent. It's just more like an idea of what, what do we gain from, from really being forward about how good we think we are? Let's just take a step back and, and let our – play on the court kind of prove that for us. 
That seems fair. I mean, and when I, you know, I created this spreadsheet trying to guess at what the minutes breakdown might be. And it's really tough to like to fudge around with it and like get enough minutes for everyone that you think the organization wants to develop and then balancing that with wanting to be a really good team. But what became clear to me pretty quickly is that, I mean, this team is, you know, they can roll. 11 deep with people who've played NBA games before and can be at least reasonably reliable. So the way I think about it, it seems like the floor on this team is at least somewhat stable. I mean, particularly in the regular season where the games are so compressed and you might have to miss games because of COVID. I think having enough players on the roster, again, who have the ability to play NBA games and not be a complete dumpster fire makes it so their floor is a little bit higher. I mean, would you say that's a fair statement at least? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and again, like, I think it's a fair statement to say that they, they think that they're a much better team than they were last year. And they think that they could get, you know, as high as two or three in the West. It's yeah. just, they're, they're going to be a bit more, more muted about this season. And, you know, I, I, I do think that, what was the first part of that question? Actually, I, don't, I, I want to make sure I answered properly. Oh, no, you did. It was just the, the first part of the question was just, does this team feel like they are special in a way that maybe people sure. like me couldn't see on the outside? It's, it sounds like, I mean, with so much uncertainty, it's just like that's not something that they would want to go there with. Yeah, and, and again, and I think with, you know, <laughs> with the injuries they also had last year as well, I, I think that there's just a there's an acceptance that like, Hey, we can, we can put this thing together just right. Or we can, we can feel like we've got something going just the way we want to, but a lot of things can happen in between. And it wouldn't matter. The other part, yeah. and, it, and it wouldn't matter. The other, the other thing too, I, I remember that it's one to get to was you talk about minutes and you know, the idea last season was that, and, and Terry actually said it in training camp. It was basically, I mean, he's usually very regimented about his rotation, particularly his starting lineup. And last season, he basically came out and said, like, hey, you know, with the talent we have on this team, we might change things up from a night-to-night -night basis because, you know, maybe on one night we'll we'll need a bigger lineup. Maybe on some nights we we should play smaller lineups, and you might start one night and then potentially not even play the next day. And with the way things happened with injuries, that obviously never never happened. But I, they're coming into this season with the same idea, which is that, like, yeah, we, it does look like we've got quite a few guys on the wing and going from trying to figure out like, hey, how can we pay, play someone less than 40 minutes to how can we get a guy 15 minutes this season? You know, one of the ways I think they're going to deal with that is they they are probably going to be much more willing to to experiment in terms of lineups and starting lineups even as season goes on one, because I think they feel like they have the talent to do that. And two, as you mentioned, you know, in a condensed season, they're literally playing every other day. I don't, don't think they ever have more yeah. than two days off in a row. You know, that's the kind of season where you're going to need to give guys, if not a full night off, at least, you know, lighter duties. So I, I think this is definitely the season where you probably don't concern yourself too much with, well, how is, so-and-so going to get minutes because you're going to need those bodies. And the other part too, that we found is that, you know, they, they went into last season feeling maybe not like they were stocked at the forward positions, but you know, they're like, well, we got hoodie, we got Zach, we got pow. And then, you know, you lose all three of those guys and pow, you never, you never even end up seeing. And I all of a sudden you're like on the team in the first place. I, <laughs> I, I typically don't bring it up, but when I'm recounting like what their forward situation was last year right. going into the season, you do count Powell because they did think that he was going to be able to play. Obviously it didn't shake out that way. So to go from that situation and being like, heck, we, 
we got to sign Carmelo Anthony and and start him because we don't have the bodies to maybe Carmelo doesn't even play uh, on a night to night basis, depending on what the matchup is. I mean, uh, that's that's how they go about taking care of that problem. And, and again, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, it's the problem you would much rather have compared to last season, which was, you know. We don't have anyone on this team. We have one guy on this team who's taller than 6'9". We're calling out Brandon Goldner to come play minutes on the team. Uh, <laughs> I think we were close, man. <laughs> one more quick minutes question. Do you, I, I don't, maybe I missed it. Have they talked about Dame and CJ maybe getting fewer minutes? I mean, Dame played like 38 minutes a game last year. I mean, again, with the condensed season and the possibility of losing people due to COVID, like, are they thinking about what his minutes load might be? Or is that not really something they've been talking about? I mean, it, they've only mentioned it in regards to backup point guards. So, you know, when Neil O'Shea was was doing, you know, his his yearly media availability, he basically, you know, he was asked about, well, why didn't you go out and sign a backup point guard? And he was like, well, one, Anthony Simons is a backup point guard. And two, I think he was something like 97 or 94 percent of all of our possessions start with either Damian or CJ ergo why would we bring in someone to be a backup point guard if they're only going to end up playing 10 minutes a night and we already like Anthony Simons anyways so what that tells me is they're doubling down on their minutes basically to say like no they play this many minutes they like playing that many minutes and that's what we're going to stick with and you know I, I think that that's something that that fans and and media have debated about in terms of the Blazers for a while is you know is it really sustainable to have you know, especially Damian and to a lesser extent, CJ playing the minutes that they play and always being, you know, in the top five in minutes played every single season. And, you know, I, I think the stance of the organization has been, yeah, that's what we're going to roll with. I mean, that's, they've needed to play those minutes to win games. I mean, exactly. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you were going to devil's advocate, you'd say like, well, if you had a better backup point guard, maybe you wouldn't need them to play those minutes. But the fact is, I mean, Damien's going to play 36 minutes. CJ is going to play 36 minutes. So that basically leaves 12 minutes. And again, like I, I'm not arguing against the importance of backup point guards. And I think the Anthony Simons will do just fine. And I know that they're super high on him and, and they have some goals for him this season, uh, particularly in terms of, of him just kind of paving his own way that, that I think they're really excited about. But I mean, yeah. the fact is, is that, you know, the two best players on the team are both, you know, high usage ball dominant guards. And, you know, they, they've had some success utilizing those two guys and they're going to continue to do it until uh, I, I guess until one of them, one of them can't play those kind of minutes anymore. Yep. Uh, well, speaking of CJ's minutes and this last question, then we'll get you out of here. Um, you know, I was listening to the Locked On Blazers podcast with Mike Richmond and he floated the idea not that CJ will make the all-star team, but that the circumstances in the West and the Blazers may line themselves up to give CJ the best chance he's had so far to make the all-star team. And, you know, part of his logic was with Westbrook leaving with Harden probably on his way out and probably going to the Eastern Conference um, with maybe Chris Paul and Devin Booker cannibalizing themselves a little bit, being on the same team um, and the Blazers getting better as a team that, maybe there is some room for a player like CJ McCollum. Let's say he has a slightly better year this year. Let's say the Blazers are tracking to be like a top two, top three team in the West that maybe CJ would get some all-star consideration. I'm just curious what you think about that. And again, not to say 
that, oh yeah, like he's has a super good chance of making the all-star team, but just that question of he might have the best chance he's ever had. Like, what do you, what do you think about that? I think, uh, as usual, that's a pretty astute point from Mike. Uh, on one hand, I mean, and you, men- you didn't even mention Clay Thompson as well, who who is going to be out. Of, I mean, yeah. he was out last season as well, but you know, he that's another guy who basically pencil in as an all star if he's healthy, and he's not going to be there. So, you know, I, I think the issue with CJ is not that he's not an all star caliber player. It's just that yeah, the the West is stacked, and there are a lot of great players, and a lot of them are happen to be guards, and he's a guy who doesn't play another position so he can't do like the Luka Doncic which is you know being available or being able to get voted in as a guard and a forward same thing with a guy like LeBron now granted LeBron can still be an all-star but just the idea that like particularly in the west particularly when there's a lot of competition for a very small number of slots you know if if, if you're not a verified number one guy which CJ isn't because that's Damian then you basically have to have something break right for you. So you have to play multiple positions. You have to be on a team that is one or two or just running rough shot through other teams. You have to put up ridiculous stats. You have to be a guy who's going to play in different events. Now, granted, that's not going to be an issue this season because there's not going to be an actual game. But you always have a better shot of making the actual all-star game if you're competing in the three-point contest or the dunk contest. So, um but Mike is right in that, you know, you, you lose Westbrook. I, I think that I think at this point, while Chris Paul and and Devin Booker might cannibalize each other a little bit, I, I think Devin Booker is already to a point where like people are looking to get him into the game. So if nothing else, I actually think he probably hasn't proved his chances of them making it. Um, maybe they give Chris Paul a you know a, a pity vote, but also I think I think Chris Paul's been enough on enough teams at this point and known enough players and coaches where I don't know the guys are like super pulling for him or anything anymore. So, yeah. uh, so you figure like Damian's a shoe in, Steph's a shoe in, LeBron. I'm, I'm thinking mostly guards or Doncic. Uh, I would say Booker is almost for sure going to be there. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell he made it last year, uh, and then. Uh, Guy that the Warriors just traded to the Timberwolves. Uh, uh, D-loading. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, like, I'm not saying those guys are locks, but I mean, there's a lot of guys like who are in that conversation. like how you knew his social media tag without his name. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I just saw two Then literally the only thing, I, the reason it popped into my mind is because I saw that he's got some clothing line on leaning that's coming out, and I just saw some of the images of it today, and I was oh, like, hey, right. yeah. that's not that bad, actually. So yeah, that's, sure. <laughs> that's why it refreshed my mind. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the... CJ's probably got a better case than he's ever had, assuming that he plays at a level that we're accustomed to seeing CJ play at. Uh, but it, again, like it, you get down to to the numbers, you start crunching them, and they they've also really loosened up on the on allowing coaches basically just to vote for whoever they want to vote for. They don't really care so much about positions anymore, or at least not to the extent they used to. So you don't get in through yeah. the fan vote. I mean, that's. That's an impossibility. And then, you know, you, you're having to fight with guys, you know, with every six, eight guy who is scoring 20 and grabbing eight rebounds a night. And, you know, at that at a certain point, it's like unless the Blazers have a great record, it's probably hard to put two guys in. So a, a good chance. But it, it really probably does come down to how well the team plays. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, And I think that the 
the coaches get to vote on two guards and like you said two at large players or positionless um yeah that would be that would be rad though uh yeah i if that basically if that happens or even if that gets close uh something's going right um and it's and CJ's <laughs> it kind of guy too, where like cj would take an all-star game seriously he's got a game that is kind of all-star worthy like he, he's got you know the the tricks that that i think people like to see so like cj in an all-star game to me makes a whole lot of sense uh he talks some trash so like you know yep. that He's got a lot of things going for him. It's just that, you know, he plays on a team where he's the second best guard on the team. So it's it's always going to make it a little bit tough to to get into that game. Again, unless they just go on some Golden State 73 win season kind of run. And then in that case, then you're talking about three guys. You know, <laughs> like then you're like, hey, what's what's Nurk doing? Like, yeah. what, what are his numbers like at that point? So, you know, that's that's a pipe dream. But. You know, I I do think that both those guys are are good enough to be all stars. It's just again, it's just a numbers game. Yeah, for sure. From your lips to God's ears, uh, three all stars. Woo! Uh, with that, Casey, man, I always appreciate your time. Um, thank you. If people wanted to connect with you uh, and check out your work, uh, how would they do that? Uh, Blazers.com slash forward center. Uh, you can check out uh, me on Twitter. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but I'm on Twitter at Seahold. Um, and also I'm on Instagram, which I would much more recommend at Casey Holdall, H-O-L-D-A-H-L. Um, and that's it so far. I haven't gotten on uh, on TikTok yet. I've been reluctant, but uh, my wife is on it. And she loves it, so I'll probably you don't have start TikTok. You don't have that season. parlor account yet. <laughs> yeah, no. I will. Uh, I'll be staying away from the social media specific <laughs> to whatever your ideological bent is, which is probably the nicest way I can say that. That's probably it's probably a good move. Uh, cool, Casey. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you again to Casey Holdall of the Trailblazers. I uh, appreciate him taking the time. And yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, probably going to have another episode coming up in just a couple days. Uh, actually, we definitely are. It's going to be featuring Keith Feltner-Smith of the Trailcasters, my former podcasting partner in crime. So please check that out. And yeah, remember to check out Casey's work at trailblazers.com. And if you want to follow this podcast, you can always do that at ilikeTheBlazers.com or at ilikeTheBlazers on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at GoldnerPDX. And yeah, until next time, excited for the season to start, at least the preseason starting Friday. Uh, yeah, I am Brandon Goldner. And yeah, appreciate you all. Thank you for listening and go Blazers. See ya. Just the, I just the starting. I don't know, like that. Yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, starting the intro your, thing just seems so. Your lame, high energy but. intro when you already just did it in front of the person <laughs> you're doing it again. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Hey, everybody! Yeah, no, yep. for sure. Yep. Okay. <laughs>